Welcome to the Professional Amateur Podcast, where I talk to amateurs who are getting paid to do what they love professionally. We all have to start somewhere, and these are our stories. Stefan Glazer is me. That's who is on the episode today. But instead of doing a little outline of myself, I decided that it's going to be time to actually plug what I do. So you can find me on most social media as Genghis317. I have a photography Instagram at sng.photo. And you can look on stephanglazer.com for, well, that's where this podcast lives. And also links to some of my NFTs. Yes, because that's a thing too. But I hope you enjoy today's episode as I dive down into my passion for photography and where it's gotten me and where it's going to take me. Today on the Professional Amateur Podcast, we have a interesting guest. Well, you know what? It's me. I'm the guest. I've kind of been dreading doing an episode about myself because it's hard to talk about yourself, especially when you don't have anyone to talk with. But I guess I can go back and think about what I do and what I love doing and where I want to go with it. It all started when I was a little... No, no, we're not going to do it that way. For those of you who don't know, my name is Stefan Glazer. I am the professional amateur, which means nothing. However, what you might not know about me is I am a photographer. I am a artist, a musician. I am one of those people who does a little bit of everything. And I try really hard to take my passions and make something out of them. You know, I look back at photography, which is my main umbrella of creative work. And it all goes back to high school in Mr. Dom. I think, yeah, I kept wanting to say Mr. Dahmer. And he used to hate when we called him that. But I took photography class in high school. And let's put it this way. High school was a very long time ago. So I had borrowed a film camera. It was a, an old Pentax, I believe. I can't remember if I borrowed a Pentax or, or uh, an old Lumix from a family friend. And I had taken shots of just seemingly random things because I, I didn't know exactly what I was doing, but I know what I like to look at. So I went for it and just kind of had what would now be macro shots of my guitar, of odd things around my house. And when I took my film and developed it in the darkroom, because that's what you did then before the age of digital cameras, I really fell in love with the editing process of it as well, because it was happening in real time, you know, controlling the exposure of your of your print, um, double exposing things to make some crazy art. There's so many crazy, um, crazy little things that I, I learned in the darkroom. And I haven't been in a darkroom in over 20 years now, but it was such an interesting experience that I kind of held on to it. And I took it into everything I did after that. I went to school for graphic design, which I hated, but I learned how to hone my skills in Photoshop and Illustrator and the Adobe suite and back then the Macromedia suite as well before Adobe bought them out. So I knew things on the web development side with Flash and I also knew things on the uh, print side with 
Quark and uh, I believe it was Adobe PageMaker back then before it became InDesign. So I, I really found a love in editing photos, though. And that love has always kept me in the realm of photography, but I didn't actively have a, a good camera to do any photography with for much of the aughts. Is that what we're calling them? The 2000s? 2000 to 2010, basically. So I, I had moved back to New York. And when I had gotten back to New York, I had... Uh, you know, I'm trying to remember the, the timeline here. I had gotten back to New York, was dating my now wife, and we had just gotten married and moved to New Jersey. So it was like a two-year window from when I moved back to New York to going to New Jersey. And, and our first Christmas in New Jersey, I told my wife, Nina, that I wanted a camera. I had just been looking and looking and looking for a camera, and I wanted something that I could do real photography with. And that's when that Christmas I got my very first SLR, a digital SLR, because obviously I had my 35 millimeter back in high school. So I um, was super excited. I had this camera and I had to really learn what I was doing again, but it kind of clicked really fast. Like all my all my little locked doors of information broke right open and let me walk in and pull out all the things about exposure and aperture and all the details that most people look at you dumbfounded about. And I was just like, oh yeah, all these are relative to each other. And I, I started taking photos and my very first photo was aptly enough, a long exposure shot of, of the uh, Christmas tree. And I was hooked. I then started taking photos of everything. And because of what I was doing, I understood like the importance of shooting in raw and the post-production side where I can take any photo that I do shoot and make it that much better in post-production. And it wasn't until about another year, year and a half until I decided to try and take photography and make money from it. It always makes me laugh because anyone that sees my photography these days, it's always, it falls into like one of three categories. It's long exposure, fine art type photography, macro fine art type photography, or pug photography. And then I sprinkle landscapes in between there. But I was a commercial photographer before I really found my stride in photography. And how I ended up striking out into the world of professional photography was quite interesting because in 2000, uh, 2016, I had gone to the Grand Canyon. Well, we had gone as a whole family went out, went out to New Mexico to my uncle's and he had booked us uh, basically like a two day trip to the Grand Canyon. And I had gone out to see the you know Grand Canyon, and we were all there. My wife, you know, my brothers, uh, my parents, you know, my nephew. We we sat there and and in awe of the Grand Canyon, even though it was like rainy and, and kind of weird, but it cleared up a bit. But then we found out that the park is actually open 24 hours a day, and I'm a night owl, and so is my brother Vinny. So we went out to the rim, like. Must have been about 11 o'clock at night, which for us obviously was like two in the morning because we we're still on East Coast time. And I had taken some long exposure shots of odd things here and there, but it was sitting up there and staring at the stars and seeing the core of the Milky Way galaxy that really kind of led me to go, 
there's something here. This place is like magical. There's something here. I need to, I need to keep going. So I did. Um, the next day before we left to go back and drive back to New Mexico, I had gone and taken probably about a hundred shots around the, the rim, the South rim of the, uh, of the Canyon. And it was something that I couldn't, I couldn't not do if that makes any sense. I basically, I felt like I was doing this and I was doing it with such purpose and I was just feeling like, okay, I know what I'm doing. This is what I'm going to do. I finally found what I wanted to do when I grew up. And with that in mind, when we came back from that whole trip and got back to New Jersey, I struck it out and said, I want to do something in photography. I still have my job in radio. But I want to, you know, start a photography business, start getting clients and, and do something with photography. And I struck out into the world of commercial photography, which has nothing to do with about what I love shooting in photography. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, commercial photography can be anything from architecture, uh, real estate, just basically all the boring parts of photography, unless that's really your thing, then more power to you. But for me that it was cool at first, but as time went on, I found out that this isn't what I want to do with photography. This is not, not the right thing. I need to do something else. And it was really, it was funny because I had gone and I was working with contractors and going and shooting the before and after work that they had for their projects. And it was okay. And I worked with a real estate agent and there was like an insurance agent that I worked with and did random stock shots for them too. And, and it was, it was fine. That, that's all I can say. It, it wasn't like thrilling work, but I got to go around all, all over New Jersey and, and even, uh, even in New York I had a few clients. Um, and I was like, man, this is going to be the thing I do and I can't, I can't wait to keep doing this. But something happened and I decided I wanted to try other things in the world of photography. Um, I always had the, the thing for macro photography that's, you know, you're just finding the detail in these little worlds. But what I've really ended up doing was going and contacting my friend Christy because I remember she had said, I forgot, this, this is the great thing about my foggy brain. She had said something about wanting to get photos done, I think, in passing in like a Facebook post. So I was like, okay, let's try this. Let's, you know, I know she'll have a good time like getting in front of the camera. She's always been really fun and funny. I've known her most of my life and she's going to be the first person I do portrait photography with just out and about just weird settings and, you know, poses, whatever. So, you know, I go up and I, I meet her and first we catch up because we hadn't seen each other in about, you know, 15, 15 plus years. And then I told her, I was like, you are my first like person outside of my wife and my dog that I've actually sat down and shot with. And we wandered up in Kingston, just wandered all over up and down by the river, taking shots and getting hundreds of shots, just hundreds of photos. And I had no idea what I was doing, but I had an eye for what I was doing. So I kept just, you know, telling her like, oh, like, look this way or sit this way and oh, stand over here. And it sparked something that I was like, oh, OK, this is something that I could really, really get into. But the passion was there. It just something fell off. And what I really noticed is when it fell off was 
when I had my first paying client to do portrait work for him, it went horribly. It went so wrong. This was like the first time I ever not just received, you know, bad criticism, but I was attacked for <laughs> how bad the photos were, which made me laugh because that was it was a gut check. It was like, hey, maybe I'm not doing the thing I really should be doing. But it really fell down to two things. It was one, I didn't have the sense of settings dialed in. And though I could edit and manipulate photos, I didn't know how to properly um, adjust tones and and post-processing exposure work. It's just fixing things in the raw files that, you know, actually, to put it bluntly, what I used to do was make things look rhymy. And what I mean by that is I had this weird obsession with ultra, ultra sharp, way too sharp photography where everything kind of looked greasy and dirty. And it was bad. It, I'm just going to be honest. It was bad. No one likes to see themselves in that light. But to be honest, he didn't like how he looked. And that's something you just can't fix. So, you know, that's that's life. With that, I um, I said, you know, I'll, I'll still probably do portrait type work, but we're going to focus on doing some other things. And our little pug, Philomena, her Instagram account was taking off by then. We got her in, in 2016 and by 2017, she had already had like close to a thousand followers on Instagram. Everyone loved the photography because I was taking pet portraits of her. And that's when kind of a little light bulb went off in my head that said, hey, you really love working with pets. Maybe you should do pet portraits, like actual pay. People will pay you to take pictures of their dogs, which sounded crazy at first until I, I got a couple clients that were actually happy with the work that I did for them. But more to the point, Philomena's following started skyrocketing. Even after, you know, she had her accident and she went through all the therapy and we got her a custom brace and everything that was the whirlwind of life that that was. I continued to take a, these photos of her and documenting everything and going on through her day and her life and through the years. And the, all that led to actually getting paid work as an influencer for our dog, which still makes no sense to this day, but we never went overboard with it. We only work with companies that either we believe in or have something that we would actually use or that more importantly that Philomena would use. So we started doing that as a, a source of income and that ended up getting a lot of um, a lot of traction and we started making a lot of friends over the years and it wasn't until we had moved to let's see when did we move to georgia it was 2018 and yeah so 2018 that fall we, we had lived in georgia we bought a house things were all over the place but we had this idea to start uh, our own business down here something that when i do take jobs uh, for photography you know it'd be great and when we decide maybe we can start selling prints or do artwork and my wife started doing illustration um for uh, of pug stuff and we got, uh, we were told by our friend, uh, Mandy, that, hey, in Vegas, they do a pug party and all these little designs that you make, you know, they are, they're really fun and people there would eat them up and, you know, you, you should go and talk to them and say, 
you know, for the vendor day, you know, we can go sell all the, the pins and greeting cards and mugs and everything that we had with Nina's illustrations. And then we would have Philomena, Philomena merch there of her calendar with all the photos I did. And I was like, oh, and it got brought up that I was a photographer and that I, I had offered to do uh, photography for the event as well. And I made a lot of connections there with a lot of really cool people in the pug community, uh, like Deborah. Like uh, as in a previous episode, I talked to Deborah about how we met at that Vegas pug party. Um, it was funny because that interaction and the momentum that we had from the Vegas pug party promoting our business and Philomena led to me finally being published as a photographer, which Everyone can claim these days, like there's blogs and, and weird e-magazines that will publish photography of, you know, photographers and it's kind of weird. But I, both myself and my wife were, uh, we had a profile done of us in an Atlanta-based magazine that's pet-based. And it was an interview, but they wanted to only use our photography, my photography, of our dog because it was much better than anything that they would be able to take so I had my first actual magazine credits. I still have a copy of the magazine um, with my photos in it. It's pretty funny that of all the photography that I've done with people and of fine art stuff, and it was my dog that got me published. And I, I will always be grateful for that. But kind of fast forwards to today with the weird path that I took in photography, I have kind of backed off on actively taking clients here, here and there. I'll do like a music video for local artists. Uh, uh, I've done one for a local jazz musician. I have one coming up for a uh, another band. Um, unfortunately, it got postponed. It was supposed to be uh, the today, the day I'm recording this, but due to COVID reasons, we're probably looking in, into March now for that. But the big thing that I've noticed is I wanted to make photography for me again and get really back into doing things that I love, doing the long exposure photography, doing the macro photography, and even getting into astrophotography. And I was getting back to doing that without actively trying to make money from it until you know, this month I finally kind of got fed up with not being in on the NFT world and slowly but surely I've been building NFT collections of my photography. And while I haven't sold anything yet, that's quite all right. It feels good because I'm getting my work out there to artists and people all around the world who are actually enjoying my art now. And if somebody buys something, great, that'd be fantastic. But where does it leave me for the future? We're starting a digital download business where we have a lot of stuff that is pug related and, and art related, but I'm also going to be incorporating Lightroom settings, uh, Photoshop actions, things that I use to make my life easier in those programs. Basically put them online and let people pay like a dollar or two and, and get those. I'm going to be creating courses to walk people through the core value of being a professional amateur which is making the highest quality thing for a client, for yourself, for a friend, for family, with the least amount of money. And I always laugh because I, I, I bring up the, the product shot of, of, that I did for the smoke shop here in Atlanta. And putting that together is really cheap. And it's not, it's not, over, uh, it's not overwhelmingly expensive like to go out and source your own supplies. You know, I 
had estimated that whole thing at being basically it was for like a backdrop for the things that I already had. I even include that in the cost. I could get like a full on studio effect where it looks like it was performed in like a, you know, a five, six figure studio for under $200. And I can walk anyone through how to set it up, you know, where to set up your lights had to make it look the best it possibly can without having the top of the line gear. And that's another huge project that I'm going to be working on this year. 2022 is, is the year of, of uh, as I, my, my word for 20, 2022 is received. So I'm going to receive all the money because I'm going to make these courses that people are going to be able to go in and, and see. I'm going to be doing the digital downloads, which people are going to be able to, to purchase. And, you know, I, I think for the future, uh, I'm going to continue doing my art. I'm going to keep pushing on the NFT space, you know, here and there and keep promoting that. And I'm going to look at everything as a whole in photography, not as I, it's my job. I have to do that. I, I'm super passionate about photography. It's not a hobby. I'm, Granted, it is a hobby, but it's it's a hobby that I love to untold depths. And I, I'm taking that hobby that I love. And even though I've been paid for it in the past and I've had jobs here and there and everywhere, I, I'm making photography for me again. And with the work that I make for me, if people want to buy prints or want to buy an NFT or want to reach out and ask me how I did it, I'm wide open for that. I want to create a, an entire ecosystem of helping other photographers because that's been a huge, huge issue in the world of photography is when you get to certain points of your career in photography, you end up being isolated and unapproachable, which sucks. I might be an introvert, but I really want to help those that need the help creating the things they need to create. It's one of those weird passions that even with my ADHD brain bouncing all over the place sometimes, I want other people to succeed. I want everyone to follow their passion, to do their passion, to become better artists, better creators. Even if it's something that is a corporate job and they love it to death, I want them to be the best they can at that. I've always been a cheerleader for everyone, anyone that comes by. Um, so for me, coming in and taking my knowledge, which sitting down, I was talking to a friend, and I really broke it down that a lot of people will go and try to find YouTube videos or something about how do I do this in Photoshop? And then they find some video that's forever long. You know, I talked about this with Adam as well, Adam Bombati, where in the VR space where people have these hour long videos trying to explain something that could be done in like five minutes. And that's really what I can use my 20, almost 25 years now, because it's 2022. And I started in Photoshop before I got to college. I was still in high school. So 25 years of Photoshop experience and, you know, 20 plus years of Adobe experience and my trial and error in photography. Like I want to take all that knowledge and get it out to the world. So that's that's going to be the future. That's where my entire idea of being a professional amateur is 
going to come to fruition for everyone else because there's tons of people out there that have these passions and want to do that or even try to do it part-time as like a side hustle or a career and they don't know where to start they don't know what to do or they don't know how to get it to that point where it's just like oh it looks really good now but it could look this much better just by doing a few little things and that's kind of where i want to go and even some of the veterans in the photography game i've been able to talk to them and give them tips and i of course i'm always open to to tips and, and criticism to, to work new ways to do things so really what the future holds is a, a wide breadth of photography infused projects while that act of photography will still be for me i'm gonna go out do long exposure stuff i actually got a new filter that i have to take out but it's it's been really really cold so I don't mind the cold, but going out in the cold, it's kind of annoying when you're lugging around metal equipment. <laughs> but I have a new filter so I can do daytime long exposure photography, like a kind of landscape stuff. But I'm, I have a few ideas with it, but it's like a, I think it's like a four or maybe even an eight stop lens. So it's super dark. So you can get a good like five second exposure in the middle of the day. But you know, that's just, I'm just talking gear at the point, at that point. But I am keeping photography for me and all the projects that have my photography infused are going to be out there to be watched, purchased, looked at. Um, there's a lot of new things coming on the horizon. I have a lot of guests that I'm going to be interviewing for this podcast, ranging from, you know, simple people that have hobbies. It's, okay. I have a couple of people on my list I still have to, to hear back from, but one does origami. That's it. It's just origami. Doesn't sell it. He doesn't do anything with it. He just loves doing it. Um, he sold some of it. He Somebody had paid him to make like a whole bunch of I think there were like uh, flowers and they were really intricate. But you have people like that. I have a, a woodworker slash leather worker slash knife maker um, buddy of mine that I've known for 20 years as well. But I've never met him. I met him through World of Warcraft. and But we well after that, we still follow each other on social media and we'll chat once in a while. And we've both gone down different paths. So it's going to be great to catch up with him and see how he went from doing what he did to finding this passion on the side of making these amazing things, which I might have to hit him up for a knife because I've seen some of his work and it's pretty damn amazing. But that's the thing is everything is infused with photography, even this podcast and like the future holds a lot. We have a lot of art based stuff for my wife that we're doing. It's going to be really fun this year with that. We have a lot of photography-based stuff with me. And with this podcast, I plan on, you know, I'm going to keep doing this every week because I, I enjoy talking to people. But more importantly, I'm going to probably take all the episodes and put them up on YouTube eventually. And, you know, I, I will probably monetize the podcast at some point. It's going to happen. People seem to be loving the podcast. I can actually see the analytics for it. It's not like it was 12 years ago where finding analytics for your podcast was near impossible because you only had one place to go. So it's growing slowly and steady, which I love. That's fantastic. But I want to start incorporating my podcast more into uh, the other spaces that I'm in as well. You know, I want to talk to NFT artists that are either now making tons of money or even just 
making a, a steady income off the art they create. Or even better, like taking this podcast and maybe incorporating video at some point and still po posting on YouTube and then the audio on all the other platforms. But the future is bright and it is full with amazing things that are going to be coming from me uh, in all different capacities. And I think that is what I'm excited about for the future. So I'm I'm really just getting started on these projects and some of them are rolling already. Oh, like this podcast, it's already rolling have a whole bunch of guests booked and ready to record. And then, you know, the NFT thing's rolling. The digital download thing is up and running. And you're probably going to start hearing. Actually, you know what? In this episode, you probably already heard it in the very beginning. I'm going to actually start broadcasting. No, no, broadcasting's wrong. Uh, plugging. Plugging's the easiest way to do it. Plugging the things like social media of our guests or us i always say us and our because i'm used to doing that it's it's just me <laughs> but i'm going to start plugging that stuff up front where you can find us start up our patreon to get that get those balls rolling <laughs> yeah i had to say it but all in all you're listening to the professional amateur podcast and that is one of the things that i love doing as an amateur and i am going to end up doing this professionally <laughs> along with my other projects and those projects are also they're all going to come to fruition and you'll hear them oh you've heard them already but you can go basically online uh social media you know the Finding me on social media is pretty easy because you can just type my name or you can just go to stephanglazer.com where this podcast lives. But you can find me on Instagram and Twitter as Genghis317, uh, also as sng.photo. That's just my photography. Um, you can find me everywhere on like the NFT space by my name, Stephan Glazer or, you know, Genghis317. Uh, we are on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash the professional amateur. Yeah, it's just the professional amateur. I had to look at my notes. Um, that's going to be, you know, that's live right now. I haven't really been promoting it that much, but it's there. Um, and then on, on YouTube, I don't have a vanity URL yet, but if you search the professional amateur, it is up there. Uh, you'll see the, the podcast logo. You'll see the website and all the, the socials there. Uh, there's a sad picture of Philomena looking sad in a chair uh, as the banner. So that's how you find that. But that's where I'm going to be adding all the episodes. I'll probably upload uh, the first 10 when I get to episode 10. So in a couple of weeks, I will have them uploaded and when people don't want to sit there on YouTube or uh, no, that is where you want to sit is on YouTube. If you just want to sit on YouTube or you have YouTube music and that's where you listen to everything, it'll be there as well. Um, but you know, thank you. Thank you for listening. And you know, I am thrilled about things to come and I can't wait to hear more people out there. And if you know anyone who has a little side hustle or has a, an empire that they have built, out of a passion, please send them my way. Uh, you know, it's really easy to get a hold of me. You have all my social uh, information. You have my website. Just uh, reach out and we will get everything booked up and we will talk to your friend, family member, or you. You, if you have, you know, something that you are so passionate about and you're pursuing it 
or about to pursue it or know that you have traction with pursuing it, like please reach out to me. So thank you for listening and I hope you have a great week. And I think next week we will be back with an actual person. Um, just this week was just time for me to actually do my intro episode, I guess. <laughs> so thank you once again. <laughs>